0: Hey everyone, how's your week going? Hopefully it's been uh, a little bit better than mine, and, you know, it's nothing nothing too serious. It's just kind of getting my head wrapped around these newest waves of lockdowns, and I guess it's kind of the, <laughs> the first time in this lockdown where I've kind of felt uh, just a little bit off, a bit thrown off by all of it. Um, I shouldn't say it's the first time. I mean, getting used to it at the beginning, and then I kind of found I got accustomed to it. I... You know, it's, uh, didn't quite feel so weird, but now kind of the extended lockdowns and these additional measures, having nobody from outside your house, inside your house. Um, it's weird. (laughs) It's kind of, it started to really get to me a little bit this week. So, uh, this is actually my third time recording this podcast, but the other two came out as, well, I re-listened to them. They sounded pretty depressing. And while that is, uh, you know, um, definitely an emotion that I'm sure a lot of us can relate to and a feeling that a lot of us can relate to. Uh, It's not something that I want to deliver to you guys. I want to try to try to keep things upbeat, try to keep things as, as kind of um, motivational, or hopefully in some way inspirational on the podcast. That's kind of the whole theme that I had behind it. I really wanted to help and reach out to people and kind of go through different stories that we have in ways that we've overcome different challenges. So that's kind of going to be actually the theme of this podcast is just kind of grinding it out through the harder times, um, facing consequences, dealing with them, and you know, the importance of failure, the importance of losing. And a lot of the time that I was thinking about this, uh, this topic kind of related back to sports, obviously, that's kind of where I don't know if you guys can relate. But a lot of a lot of my early learnings about failure came through sports. That's something that I thought was incredibly useful and important going forward. I've learned a lot of lessons, especially looking back on it now. I mean, I still, I do play hockey and thankfully and almost kind of confusingly with this newest wave of stricter lockdowns, they've now allowed indoor sports again. I don't know if it was a a province-wide ban before in this last two weeks, but at least the arena where I play out of, they shut down for the two weeks. Now things are opening back up, obviously a little bit stricter with number of people inside the locker room and masks in the general hallways and areas uh, before and after a game. But, you know, these lockdowns, I think there's a lot of questions flying around. A lot of them are, I think, have merit. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but I think the questions surrounding the the lockdown. You know, the, there's some, uh, there's some stuff that should probably be looked at and anyway, but I'm not going to get into that here. That's not, uh, that's not the point of this podcast. We're going to look at kind of consequences and the importance of failure and losing, like I just said. So to me, one of the biggest and most important aspects of losing and of really facing that head on and trying to learn from it is just that it breaks down the ego. Uh, I know when I was younger, as I think a lot of young guys are, I mean, when you're, you are filled with testosterone, you're kind of going through puberty, and then you're 20 to 25. I mean, there's, you're pretty amped up a lot of the time, at least I was, especially when I was playing sports. I liked playing hockey, I liked playing soccer, I liked anything with contact. I'm not the biggest guy, but you know, it was fun. It's good to kind of blow off that aggression, blow off that, uh, that excess testosterone. So what I really found was good about sports, specifically the losses is breaking down that ego and it's something that I've heard a lot spoken about as kind of MMA has gained popularity and become a much much larger sport that seems to be I mean really kind of the the epitome of competition where it's one-on-one you're really testing yourself to your limits against one competitor something that maybe when my kids are a little bit older and obviously I'd be I don't know 40 in my 40s but it's something I'd really like to take up is jujitsu. It's something where I'm not going to get my head caved in. But it seems like it's a, it'd be a really interesting sport to get into. I don't have any experience of it though. I think I've gone to three classes in my life, and it was definitely, I definitely left there with zero ego. I realized that I was getting twisted into a pretzel by everybody, even other brand new people. <laughs> so, I. But just that little kind of hint and foray into it, it was. It was great, and it really does emphasize this point. And again, this came across to me most notably in hockey, uh, that breaking down of the ego. I play goal, as I think I've mentioned on here before. And, you know, you can go into a game proud, fully yourself, but one squeaker, one weak goal gets by you, and all of a sudden, boom, you're down in the dumps. And so a lot of, you know, especially when I was younger, I would really ride that emotional roller coaster through a game where I was winning, I was playing well, I was really riding that high, but then the second that something went wrong, uh, a weak goal went in, whatever a save that I should have had, really brought me down. And that I think that has a lot to do with with carrying that ego into it. If you if you have a really large ego, it can get bruised and battered really easily. And that that ego being attached to kind of your sense of yourself, your your self-worth when it gets hit it gets hit really hard and it damages you a lot deeper i think if you can break down that ego that that really kind of i don't know cocky cocky mentality if you can break that down and just go at carrying a uh, quiet confidence it's so much better um, you just you don't take those losses the same way nowadays i can use them more as learning experiences that's the way i try to view every loss that i face. Um, I try to learn from the consequences, face the consequences, and then learn from it, you know, moving forward with these new lessons. And that's, you know, I really, I've started to value losses a lot more than obviously I did when I was younger. Um, and, you know, to me that comes with new challenges. You know, every new challenge that you set out with, you're gonna have a whole new set of failings and a new whole new set of, you know, lessons to be learned. And for me right now, that kind of comes into play with with the lockdown. I mean, like I said, this last 10 to 14 days, I found have been uh, particularly tough, tougher than the last, I don't know, Jesus, six months, seven months of lockdown. Um, It kind of... I know I've mentioned this, touched on this before, but I really like to have goals set out for myself. That's how I kind of like to orient my life. I like to put it in a direction, something that I want to accomplish. And by having these rolling and extended lockdowns, it's tough because you can't really plan for anything very far in the future. Everything has to be, you know, for myself now, I've set daily and at max weekly goals to try to accomplish, which isn't isn't my ideal way of going through life, but I'm I'm kind of trying to adapt. And it's not exactly the easiest process when I found that that's kind of the way that the way that I've kind of driven through life for the past number of years is having those goals laid out, progressively harder goals, things that I can kind of accomplish and move on. So now that's kind of gone, I'd, I don't have really the feeling or the capacity to, to plan for those long term goals at this point. So you know, I'm, I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around a different way of a different outlook. It's, yeah, and it's been a bit of a challenge. And I know, I know a lot of you guys can relate to that, just the different challenges, the different mindsets, you know, you can get bouts of depression or just, you know, down dreary days. And I don't expect that's gonna go away, especially now rolling into winter, we've had, I don't know, it feels like two weeks, probably straight of rain. So, that's not exactly good for boosting spirits either, combined with this lockdown. So hopefully things kind of start to open up, gradually get a bit better here soon. But we'll see. I know we're all in this together for the long run, and I consider myself very lucky. I've got a very strong support group with my family, and even though I haven't been able to see, you know, extended family as much as I would like to, um, I'm very blessed to have my wife and my kids here, and. Not everybody has that. So I've got to really kind of keep that in mind and keep that, uh, you know, frame my perspective around that, you know, and going back to sports, sorry, got a little bit off track there. It it might happen a little bit this episode. Like I said, (laughs) I've been feeling a little bit off. Uh, This lockdown's kind of starting to get to me a little bit. Again, it's just the idea of not knowing that that really kind of bothers me the most. But back to the importance of sports and of failure. So one of the healthiest parts I found of sports anyway, I played, again, primarily hockey and soccer, so primarily team sports, and is that that sense of healthy competition, that that idea that you can really, you can compare yourself, like it's very good to help build yourself up. And I know that nowadays, there's a lot of talk about, I don't know how competition isn't good, how everybody should get medals, how you know, there's just this toxic mentality around competition. And I, I mean, I think, by and large, most people kind of see that that's false. Um, The idea, the idea of healthy competition is incredible. A, it breaks down your ego, B, it helps build your self worth. And it really, it gives you that goal to get to like, I remember through, through any loss that we had, like, I remember playing fairly high level soccer when I was younger, and we'd have you know, pretty competitive games, considering we're talking about 12 and 13 year olds. And we, through every loss, like it was, it was pretty crushing for that age group. But that's also a a character defining moment. I mean, you know, you can face these things and just get down in the dumps and quit. But I was told, you know, especially by my dad at the time, just, you know, you've got to, you've just got to do that one extra step. You've got to get a little bit better and then you're going to compete better next game. And sure enough, like we would go into the next game, we'd have practices. I mean, like I said, this was a, a rep team. So it was it was fairly high level soccer that I was playing in at the time. Then I quit a couple years later uh, when we moved. But anyway, so we had, through these failures, like I, I just found through our coaches, through my dad, through different people that I had around me, they instilled that drive to get better, to not just sit and wallow in that failure to really do your best to learn from those lessons, apply them to your next game or your next interview or your next task, whatever it may be at work. But if you if you hit that failure, don't let it just block you off and bring you down. Try to pull whatever you can out of that and take it into your next engagement, whatever it may be, if it's a a game or, again, any task in your job, try to really take those lessons forward because they're great learning experiences and they're great character-building moments that you can really use to your advantage. It's just, it's framing your mindset in that way and not getting too down and really also trying not to get too high too because we'd have big wins where, you know, you you crush the other team and really it was a mismatch, but I mean, when you're 12 or 13, you don't understand that. Then you carry that kind of... Overconfidence into the next game where you have a real challenge and you get completely spanked all over the field. And so that to me was uh, it was a really important lesson learning growing up. You know you're never boastful. You've got to win with character as well as lose with grace. So those are important important lessons that I learned. And it's one of the reasons why I really kind of recoil at the idea that there's something toxic about competition. It's it can be a really amazing learning tool I mean I know I saw it again with my son when I had coached him for a few years he really and I really tried to cultivate that in him because I noticed you know he's a he's a very empathetic kid he's he's very caring um he kind of wears his emotions on his sleeves and I really tried to tell him like you know you can't get too high or you can't get too low in these games and he that's really how he started to come to soccer games. If he got beat one-on-one or if he got if he missed a pass, missed a shot, he would try to work on that. And he wanted to try to get his skills sharper, um, kind of build his tool case, toolbox and bring it to his next game better. And that's something that I think is a really important lesson to instill in him. And again, I'm just trying to pass on the lessons that people had instilled in me at a young age. And so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a healthy competition. It's just... It is what it is. It's great character building moments. And bringing that through to work, I think the lessons are all over the place that we could use. Um, I kind of hinted at, you know, if you go into an interview and you fail at something, you, you didn't get the job. There's, there's a very clear line of winning and losing when you go into a job interview. I mean, maybe in the long run, you've lucked out and it was a job that you didn't really want or that wouldn't have suited you very well anyway. So that, that quote unquote failure at the moment, you know, it, it wasn't actually a failure in the long run and that can be awesome. But what I'm talking about is where you really do feel that sense of loss when you don't get the job or you don't pass through to the next interview stage, like that can be crushing. And especially nowadays, I imagine that's even more crushing because the job market is as competitive as it is. Again, going back to competition, there's. I don't really see any negatives in trying to instill a healthy competitive behavior in kids because, I mean, life, life doesn't hand out participation trophies to anybody. So if you can get them in that mindset where... They are trying to build themselves up. They are trying to recover and grow through these losses. It's something that you can carry through your entire life because there is never going to be a moment where you can't failure, fail ugh, fail, and then have to pick yourself up and kind of move on with that knowledge that you've gained. So again, through a job interview, take whatever you can out of there. A lot of the time, what I've read and what I would recommend is kind of asking for pointers. If if you can, if it feel if you feel like the situation warrants it. If you can ask for tips, even if you aren't gonna get the job, just ask kind of how you did and what would improve my chances of getting this job. A, that may show the initiative that you're willing to put in the work to learn and improve, and that may help you get that job in particular, but it's also gonna help you even if you don't get that job, it'll help you in your next interview. So try to keep that in mind whenever you're approaching a new job interview or, or a, uh, an opportunity to move up within your company really try to apply that, um, just that openness and that that willingness to learn and to grow into every aspect of it. That also goes along with everyday tasks. I mean, again, through teaching apprentices or in my own work, when whenever I have, whenever I have a site inspector, so an electrical inspector come to site. And if he does have any comments, I mean, I could very easily bristle at it and get you know, angry or become defensive, because that is my work. Like it's something that I I do take pride in. And if I make a mistake, it does hurt your pride a little bit. It's again, it's part of that trying to compress your ego a little bit trying to, to keep that in check, because otherwise it can really screw things up. And it could really mess with your perspective of a situation where, you know, that inspector, you know, I've gotten called on a lot of things in the past, just little things that I did wrong, I didn't realize were a new code update, whatever the case may be. And if I had taken that um, defensively, you know, that's a totally different situation. It now becomes hostile. It becomes argumentative. Really, the likelihood of him passing my work now and in the future just went down drastically. So you really have to kind of keep that in check at work. If you're being critiqued by somebody who's, you know, uh, watching over you or in charge of you, try to take that as impersonally as possible, despite how much effort you may have put into your work or how much pride you you put into your work in a, on an everyday basis. Try to take that constructive criticism as well and as impersonally as possible. Just try to view it as your work and you're wanting to get better at that. And that's, again, keep in mind, that's how you will increase your earning potential and increase your, your status and your position in the company you've got to learn to take criticism. And, you know, through that, maybe you'll see the way that they're critiquing your work, you don't necessarily appreciate it, but you can then apply that knowledge when you're in that position critiquing other people's work. And in relationships, I mean, Jesus, there is there's no room for ego in a relationship. Trust me, like, when I was younger, I carried a lot of ego into relationships. I carried a lot of pride and that, usually kind of showed itself in the form of uh, jealousy ironically um i just that was kind of where i would my personality would rear its kind of ugly head either that or yeah no it was it was primarily in jealousy really when i was younger and a lot of that just came from you know feeling like i deserved all the attention i i had that sense of pride in a relationship and it really hurt and damaged a lot of my my friendships relationships growing up and it's something that I've really tried to grow and learn from and kind of build myself up through that and again try to compress that ego as much as possible because it doesn't really get you anywhere it just it usually ends up in you lashing out getting defensive and overreacting to situations if if your pride is hurt so really try to keep that even keel going through anything and again you know, like now with my relationship with my wife, I carry zero ego, zero pride into anything. Like, if anything, I'm most proud of her. I'm proud of her accomplishments. I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of things that we've built together, my wife and I being our home and our family. But between her and I, I I don't carry an ego. I can't, I can't get my back up if you know, she asks me, oh, hey, could you pick that up? Could you clean that up? Or that's not where that goes. Because, you know, (laughs) that's how it is. I don't know. (laughs) I'm constantly misplacing things or, you know, putting them where they that's not their spot. So I could get I could bristle at that I could get angry, but it's it's not going to get anywhere. It's just going to cause it's going to cause, you know, arguments and fights. And who needs that? Like, why? Why care about the little things like that? Like, save save the confrontation for the things that matter things that you really you really feel that you need to be heard on there's no point in letting your ego speak up and cause all these little fights everywhere that really mean nothing you know save those save those few conflicts for things that really matter things that are important in life and then transitioning to you know apprentices people who may work under you or in my case my sons there's no there's no room for ego um you know, I I can't be, I can't be carrying this inflated sense of self worth around with my kids. You know, that's they look up to me, and that's again, that's not the type of person that I want to be. That I want them to be. I want to build them up as best as I can, but you know, allow them to to grow, to experience failure. That was again, that's part of what I loved getting our oldest son into sports. I mean, our second is only 4 right now. He's turning 5 next month, but you know, if if it wasn't for the whole COVID lockdown, he would be playing soccer right now as well. But that's obviously been canceled, and we're we're going to definitely get him into it moving forward or some sport, something that he's interested in because that sense of ca- competition is so important. It's something that I think should be ingrained in kids as kind of as soon as you can so that they can really They can experience failure and the ability to overcome it because it's, you know, when you're looking back, the ability to overcome a lost soccer game at five is, is pretty easy. You bounce back really quickly. Don't take a lot to heart that way. And, but those little building blocks, those steps really start to build character moving forward and that'll allow them to conquer and face bigger and bigger challenges as they go through life without getting completely broken down when they do happen to fail at something, they'll take whatever they can, learn and put those lessons into the next step or the next challenge that they're going to face. And so again, kind of what really inspired this episode, again, this is the third crack at it. <laughs> I didn't really like either of the first two. But I really got excited about playing hockey again. In a few days here, the arena is opening back up, I'm gonna have my first game back and I really started to Get a little bit of optimism from that. Just the ability to go out again, compete, you know, burn off some of that aggression, some of that uh, frustration that's kind of been building over this lockdown and just everything surrounding the the virus and the reaction to it. I really tried to frame this in the mindset of being a goalie or a quarterback in American football. So, you know, when it comes to a quarterback, a lot of the time. You've got the ball, you're sitting in the pocket, you're under an incredible amount of pressure from the defensive tacklers who are coming at you. You know, your offensive linemen are holding them back. A lot of the time, you've got a screen all around you. You can't necessarily see your pass routes or where your receivers are at. And, I mean, that situation can be incredibly stressful. You could view that offensive line as you know, different mindsets or different defenses that you have in place to kind of safeguard against, you know, if you view those oncoming defensive tacklers as just different things in life, especially nowadays, you've got so much stuff coming at you all the time. And you really rely on that support network and those kind of mindsets you've built up around you to keep those at bay. And sometimes, really what it comes down to is you can't see where your target is, you just know that it's out there. And you've got to really rely on the plan on, you know, the drawn up plays, you know where your receivers are supposed to be, you've got to trust that the plan is working. And so sometimes you're just throwing into even if it's throwing into coverage, but you're throwing into where you know that that receiver or that goal is supposed to be you're driving towards that goal, despite the fact that you can't necessarily see it, or the path there isn't necessarily clear. And that's really the mindset I'm trying to employ right now, because... Okay, so relating it to goaltending, which I have more familiarity with, is, okay, so if you're playing, and let's say the other team is on a power play, so they're outmanning you on the ice, there's all kinds of pressure around you, you've got guys crashing the net, you've got plays being set up, a lot of the time you can't see through the screens, you can't see where the puck is necessarily at, you might see a stick wind up and you hear the crack as the stick hits the puck, you know it's coming at you, but you can't see it. And again, that's just all that noise around you all this, all the different conflicts and the different challenges that are arising from right now, you can't necessarily see where this goal, you know, my goal is to stop this puck. And a lot of the time, in hockey, you can't see it through the screen. You see that it's released, you know, it's coming. And you have to really rely on your fundamentals, you have to rely on your foundation, you get square, you get as big as you can. And sometimes you just have to close your eyes and hope that it hits you. And that's really, that's kind of the mindset I'm trying to employ right now, because I'm starting to feel, you know, all this stuff, it's it's starting to get to me a a little bit, to be honest. And it's, you know, I'm really just trying, trying to sit back, trying to know that this plan is in place that I'm working towards these goals. Even if I can't see them, I've got to really rely on the foundations that, you know, I've built around me, rely on my support networks, my wife, my kids, my parents, my siblings, my friends, everybody around me. And I'm sure you guys can feel this way too. Like, sometimes you really just have to take a step back and just react. You've got to it's not always the most comfortable situation to be in. Again, as I alluded to earlier in this episode, I really like to have goals. I like to see, to have a clear sight of where I'm going and what I'm trying to achieve. And right now with the different timelines on the lockdowns and everything that's going on, that's not available. So I'm trying to really sit back and rely on the foundations that I've built, the instincts, and just, just move forward with that, kind of mindset or perspective at this changing landscape I mean there's again relating it to goaltending there's so much noise there's so many moving parts in front of us right now you can't necessarily see where the end is you can't see the end goal so you've got to just do your best to be as big as strong and really just rely on those fundamentals that you've built up through life different mindsets that you've built up and work on sharpening them you know work on work on being able to see through all this to kind of decipher or sometimes it just comes out to drowning out the noise around you like this last week I think part of the reason why I've been feeling a little bit more down is I got sucked into social media a little bit more maybe it's because of these kind of increased lockdowns I haven't been seeing even as many people at work now so it's uh it's kind of closed my social circle a little bit felt felt a little bit more closed in and it's kind of pushed me more into social media which this week I'm going to try to back out of a little bit because I I really I'm I'm not kidding like I can I can feel a difference you know there's a lot of conflict a lot of a lot of stuff online that people wouldn't say to each other face to face but they feel perfectly comfortable saying it through a computer screen or through a phone screen to somebody else so really I'm gonna, I'm challenging myself, and I would challenge you guys that if you do feel like the walls are kind of closing in, the noise is increasing, the distractions are all there, try to take a step back, really, it's really a relief on your own mental health, at least it is for me. And again, most of this podcast is just based on anecdotal evidence from my life or things that I've read, and people that I've talked to. So I'm trying to give you whatever whatever works for me, I'm gonna definitely convey it to you guys, hoping that it'll help you as well. And f- for me, that comes down to unplugging a little bit from the internet, uh, shutting off the TV at times. For me, it's getting into a book or hanging out with my, my family more, being more social with them. And that's what I'm really going to challenge myself to do here this, this next little bit. And sorry for this one being another solo episode. I actually finally got this set up for in-person interviews, and which was a pretty stupid idea considering we're still in these ongoing weird lockout lockdowns. But anyway, had a few of them set up, had to cancel them, reschedule them. They're going to be on Zoom, but again, the, everything kind of got bumped back a little bit. So here's another solo one and another bit of practice for me, I guess. Now I'm at, uh, out of my 10,000 hours, I think I'm at 8.5% now, or sorry, 0.08%. of my way to 10,000 hours. And I'm going to try to keep track of that, at least internally. And so this one's running a little bit long. But I really wanted to also let you guys know, this is the last week of my Movember challenge. As it stands right now, I'm at 56 out of the 60 kilometers completed for my running slash jogging. And I expect to finish that 60 kilometers probably tomorrow if at worst it'll probably be the day that the podcast drops so I'm going to complete that here in the next few days if any of you guys are inclined or feel so that you you'd like to donate to uh, basically my donations page it goes directly to Movember none of it ever touches my account or anything it's just straight through but I have my own url so we would link it to to my page but I'm going to have that in the podcast information so however you're listening to this if you go to the little podcast description I will have a link to my Movember page where you could donate to the cause and I'd be incredibly grateful if you decided to and if you're able to do that right now I know times are tough I'm not I'm not saying to make any kind of sacrifice but if you can and if you you'd like to I'd be super appreciative if you could I think that'll about do it for today's episode. I uh, ran a little bit longer, but, you know, if you're still here, I I really appreciate you. I, I'm i so thankful for your guys' continued support. And uh, anyway, that's it for today. I hope you guys found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, comment, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point, and I look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook and at Jacket Plaid on Twitter. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.